welcome back to another episode of Rolling with the Punches. This is episode 35. Dad, I don't know about you, but I woke up this morning with just the most renewed spirit. I have so much energy, <laughs> so much excitement. I feel like I have been waiting for this weekend for months because I have. Right, We're right. going dirt racing at Bristol. I am thrilled. Oh my gosh, Jesse! You know, it, it's it's the national. You know, among the among the motorsports fans, among the drivers, mm -hmm. among the owners, everyone's excited. But I live in Tennessee, and the people here oh. are beyond excited. They're thinking outside the box. It's just another example of what NASCAR is doing. I know I people say, "Well, you pat NASCAR on the back a lot." Well, they I, they deserve it. I mean, it's it's invigorated the fan base, and I love hearing those. All those years we did Bristol on ESPN, I love hearing those two words. It just made you understood how much people embrace that place. And those two words were sold out. Oh. And Bristol was sold out but as much as they can allow in there, you know, mm -hmm. safely with social distancing. I hope those are two words we don't hear for a long time after a few more months. But, but here's the best part, Jesse. Um, listening to the driver's comments. That's exactly what I was going to say. Not only the fans invigorated, but the drivers. Right? I mean, that's exactly what I was going to say. When you talk about the way that NASCAR has done this and and rearranged the schedule and really just re re breathed life that was really bad English but you know re-put that life back into the the fan base and and on top of that I mean I think the best example is Kevin Harvick and I sent it to you last night I was cracking up <laughs> yeah, yeah, because uh towards the end of last season somebody asked Kevin this is prior to the schedule announcement somebody asked him they said how do you feel if uh, NASCAR were to throw some dirt on the the cup schedule and I think in his answer he said the word no three to four times I mean in his one answer it was like a no I'm not about it. I don't want the dirt. Not a dirt fan. And he gets off the track after practice yesterday, and he said, that was fun as expletive as the tweet was, you know? He was, yeah. he was like, that was yeah. awesome. That was so fun. I, I yeah. loved it. And I just thought that was awesome. And, and so many drivers have said that. Cody Ware said that was the most fun he's ever had driving a race car. I mean, that says a lot. You know, Jesse, back in the early days of NASCAR, when they used to run 60-some races a year all over the country, they ran on dirt, they ran on short tracks, asphalt, they ran Islip Speedway in New York, they ran, you know, and the drivers, they literally were running three nights a week uh, somewhere, and uh, <clears throat> those drivers, every week, every, every race was a different kind of track. It was a quarter mile, half mile, high bank, flat, you know, there was dirt involved, and Richard, back in the early Richard Petty, Lee Petty days, and, stuff, and, and Ned Jarrett was racing, and, and Dick Hutcherson, all those legendary guys back then, and, uh, and, and just imagine how much fun, it was tiring, but how much fun they had, because you literally had to have, you had to have a, a, a car that would run anywhere, a car that we oh, could yeah. take anywhere, which is sort of <clears throat> loosely interpreted, What's happening in 2022, that's a car they're building that they can change the bulkheads on the front and back mm -hmm. and almost take it anywhere. So we're, we're in a way, we're turning back the clock, you know, this weekend, turning back the clock 50 years to the mm -hmm. 1970 dirt race at, at, at Raleigh. But you're also doing the same thing with the cars. Uh, I think it's just so cool. But anyway, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but, but uh, the excitement, the energy and excitement uh, in the state of Tennessee and around the NASCAR fan base and sports fan base. You know, I, I've had people uh, who don't know a whole lot about racing. Okay, they don't know anything about racing, but they're big, big, big March Madness basketball fans come up to me and say, what's this about the dirt? Are we really going to race on the dirt? Let's go. I said, well, first of all, you know, you can't go because 
because it's uh, it's sold, sold out thing. Yeah. And then, and then, then, and then they call me back. And say, okay, when's it going to be on television? I got to watch it. Well, you know, and these are people who would not turn it on. Is that all these people are saying? I got to see that. I got to see that. It's like back when they did the Frozen Four. If you're hockey fans, uh, the college right. Frozen Four outside at you know at Michigan or these stadiums uh, on ice in a big football stadium. It's different. It's exciting, and you just got to be there. It's so funny that you say that. I love that you said that because my husband, who is, I won't say he doesn't know anything about NASCAR. He's very much learning and is very much uh, doing his best to understand it. He comes home yesterday and he listens to uh, WCCP, which is the upstate South Carolina. It's the Clemson flagship station. He listens to that religiously. I mean, he listens to that like I listen to Sirius (laughs) XM Channel 90 all day long. He's got it on and just, just taking in everything about Clemson football. So he comes home yesterday after working and he's, he's, we're talking in the kitchen. He's like, you know, WCCP today, John said that, uh, this is the biggest sporting event of the weekend. And he starts like spitting facts at me. And he's like, this is the first time that they've, that cup cars have been on dirt since 1970. And it's even bigger than March Madness, Sweet 16. And first of all, I'm looking at him going, well, yeah, I mean, I've been telling you this for months. I've been telling you how big this is for months. So I'm glad John on WCCP can confirm what I'm saying to you. But it's just a great example of how, you know, he's so excited. And he was asking me, like, what time's the truck race tonight? You know, I can't wait to, yeah. to see it. And I just, I love that that is bringing so many new eyes to what we're doing this weekend, even with so many other events going on. Well, and, and, and you, you, you did, did you point down and say, you see this little shirt that I wear every every morning, honey? <laughs> yeah. That's sort of where I work, and that's that's our wheelhouse, you know? Like, Where <laughs> do you think I go every day? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you know, right? Yeah. It, but, and, but, you know, here's the, here's, here's the other thing is, uh, years ago, I got a chance to, I was offered to speak at a, at a national state treasurer's convention. They held it in uh, Hilton Head, South Carolina. Uh, which is not a bad place to go, but the state treasures for all 50 states in the United States. And uh, I had been invited to come in and be the keynote speaker for that. And it was the, the, uh, the, the title was the impact uh, of motorsports on tourism in America. So I went to oh, all the tracks. I went, I got that with the help of like Mike Hilton and, and Bill French Jr. And a lot of people, I went to all these tracks that had done economic impact studies and I got one from Charlotte. I got one from Bristol. I got one from Texas Motor Speedway. I got one from California, all over the country. And because different universities, you know, UCAL at Berkeley, uh, University of Texas, they had had students, graduate students, do these economic impact studies on the direct and indirect economic impact of, of a NASCAR race. And you were seeing the million, it was eye-opening for all these states. And holy cow. And, and the point was, even if you don't have a NASCAR track in your state, because back then at the time, Kansas didn't have one, um, it wasn't, they said, make sure you find a way with billboards and, and advertising to, gr- to grasp some of these people who are passing through your state on the way to a NASCAR race. Maybe you get them to go to your restaurants and stay in your hotels and take advantage of $135 million in direct economic impact. Bristol, Tennessee, unbelievable. Anyway, the, the pull, whole point of this diatribe is the fact that this weekend, people being on dirt, all these fans coming back, getting new fans in, that means that people like Camping World are going to be out mm-hmm. there selling motorhomes. And, and that's why they're in the sport. Uh, but, but, you know, they, 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 they want these sponsors to be able to get benefits by all these people that are now noticing the sport, which is exactly what's happening this weekend at Bristol. 
there's just so much good stuff in the future of the sport. Yeah, um, also, agree. it's so funny that you mentioned Xfinity. This is one of my favorite things. This is so random, but um, I don't know if they still do it, but Xfinity used to do about two years ago, they were doing a, a promotion amongst the Xfinity drivers where if they could drop Xfinity, you know, you know sponsor drop in an interview right. or in any kind of media, they got a certain bonus or a certain stipend, you know, for dropping Xfinity. They had no idea what they were starting by throwing that out there because it was so <laughs> funny. I mean, every single time I talk to a driver, they're like, I, I could say, I could say, uh, you know, do you have to use the restroom before our interview starts? And they'd look at me and be like, I'll be right back. I'm going to run over there faster than Xfinity Internet. And then they give me that look, you know, like, like, hey, check that one off. Give me a check. Make sure my PR heard that one, you know. And I'm every yeah. single driver, it didn't matter what it was, I'm about to eat my lunch faster than Xfinity Internet. It was like, yeah. guys. Like, <laughs> it was really it's like the chug point, like the chug points of Coca-Cola drivers get, you know, when they exactly when they pull up the Yeah, I remember one night back before <laughs> before all this sophisticated stuff, every, most most major sponsors had deals with drivers. And uh, I'll never forget. Everybody had a hat sponsor, a shirt sponsor, you know, and sunglass sponsors were huge. And so uh, oh, one, yeah. night, one, one night at, Brist at Bristol, Mark Martin wins the Bristol race and he's in victory lane and he's in the car. You know, when you come in the car, we get that shot of the TV. We'd get that shot of the car pulling up into victory lane and smoking and the driver, you know, wiping off, you know, and, and then we'd go to commercial. When we come back, Dr. Jerry Punch will be standing by with Mark Martin who won tonight's Food City 500, blah, 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 back in a moment. And so... I'm standing there and Mark Martin puts window net down and it's like 1130 at night. And he's asking, he's, he's telling his PR guy, Benny or tell Hey, give me my sunglasses. And Benny says, it's midnight. It's dark. Says, Get me my sunglasses. And Benny said, why? He said, because they still pay if you have them on, you know? So Mark on top of having driven 500 laps, on a high bank tap mile at Bristol was he knew he said, you know, that's why these drivers, they can multitask. I can turn left. I can pit, you know, I can, I can uh, give someone a thumbs up or another, another digit if I need to. But when I get out of the victory lane, I can always say, Hey, I got to remember my sponsors, you know, cause you're tired, but you got a new builder. And so oh, I thought yeah. it was so funny. So Benny's scrambling and he just had to, he didn't have Mark's glasses with him, but he had to find, he was looking to see if he could find the right, the right brand. <laughs> the brand. Yeah. That's the key. <laughs> is having the right brand and uh uh and and put them on put him on you know so you know and i and i also remember one time in a truck series race where a driver gets out he just got a new sponsor he was an independent driver got a new sponsor it was a uh, a local phone company and he gets out and mentions the wrong phone oh service. no i felt so bad i looked at him like my eyes got so big and i'm thinking to myself you know you want to try that again yeah <laughs> but we were live and you know, it's one of those things where, you know, and he gave him two good plugs. Just, uh, it just wasn't the one. That's why, that's why, and I think fans understand this, but I'll just reinforce. That's why when a driver gets out of a car, you'll see it. They, they will look around just to make sure, just because your mind has been going a million miles an hour and you're physically and mentally fatigued and you want to look around and make sure you get the right restaurant or you get the right oil company mm -hmm. or the right beer. And this was a young man. And unfortunately, that that faux pas cost him sponsorship. sponsorship. That, but yeah. because it was back when, when uh, you know, it was uh, yeah, it was not not a good. I felt so bad for him, but he was so excited. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you got the win, right? Is it was yeah. a victory yeah. lane interview? Yeah. 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 Well, that's good at least. I like the what the little kids do uh, on the short tracks, or you know, when they're when they're 
kart racing or whatever form of racing they're doing coming up and the mom will stand in victory lane with a t-shirt on and it'll have all the sponsors on the back of the t-shirt listed, yeah, you know yeah, so yeah. the mom turns around and is like hey read the back of my t-shirt you know yeah. discreetly during mm -hmm. the interview yeah and drivers i mean you can make mistakes the worst mistake and i'll tell a story oh, on another yeah. podcast sometime remind me i'll tell the story but and, I, and i'll use the driver's name but the funny the funniest and sort of sad part was the fact that a driver got in a pretty bad wreck at daytona went to halifax hospital was admitted overnight uh pretty severe concussion uh the next day um you know they let people in the scene he's, he's waking up let people in the scene and his wife comes in and he calls his wife by the wrong name um he calls her by the name of his former fiance former girlfriend that he was with mm. before he met her and married her and uh that did not go over real well um and and, the, and one of the issues that created that problem was the fact that his brother who was a crew chief had been in there and he was punking the kid and I guess guy's got a concussion he's been laying in the bed all night <laughs> give him a break <laughs> giving him the benefit of the doubt so the the brother it almost created created a, a, a terminate termination among brothers and uh yeah. termination among a marriage <laughs> in a marriage but yeah it, you're gonna need some new family and some new crew members after that yeah, incident new, yeah new crew chief and a new idea I put, you see that ad in, in Grand National Scene? Needed new crew chief, new wife, you know, new <laughs> yeah. lawyer. Uh, but New uh, friends. Yeah. <laughs> someone said, well, the reason he made that mistake in uh, laying there in the hospital, he didn't have his spotter. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> spotter would have I love it. I love it. I, it happens to any of us. Are you kidding me? If I had that much information? You know what I did last week? Actually, I, I can't remember if it was this week or last week. On the Pace Lab, I referred to it as the Bush Series. I said he hasn't been running since the Bush series. Who am I? <laughs> like, like I was just. And, and, you grew up going to Bush series races when you exactly, were exactly, exactly. My producers in my ear. She was like, "It wasn't wrong. Just let it go. You know, move, fix it next time." I was like, "What the heck?" But, yeah, 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 right. Anyways, well, quickly though, two things. One, you talk about marriage, fiancés. Quick shout out to Tony Stewart. Tony Stewart put a ring on it last week. Yeah, I was so we, happy for him. I am so thrilled for Smoke. I mean, you know, he's done so much. You know, racing has been his life. But to see his personal happiness, um, mm -hmm. you know, you, we, you had him on uh, a special edition of the Pace Lap at the end of last year. And when when he walked in that room, he had flown, from, he had flown in from the West Coast where, where they're living out near Phoenix. And, and um, he, when, we, when I mentioned Leah, when you mentioned Leah, he lit up. Oh, he, he lit, lit up. up. That's yeah, what I, he stood and talked with Morgan and I about her forever. And we walked away. Morgan said, he is smitten. I mean, <laughs> he is smitten with that girl. Yeah. yeah. And and it's perfect because they do so much together. She's a, a she's a top fuel dragster and, and a driver, right. car driver. I mean, who else would Tony Stewart? And, and then they're out riding rail buggies in the desert and doing stuff like that. You know, just speed and enjoyment. And so I'm so thrilled for, for Smoke. So thrilled for Tony Stewart to be happy uh, that you know, everyone deserves that kind of happiness. So I'm, I couldn't be more excited. I'm glad you mentioned that shout out. Yeah, he was talking to Morgan and I that same day about uh, about Leah and they were, we were just talking about what he's been up to, where he's living now. We were just having having a chat after we had finished taping the show. And uh, he was telling us a story about how, you know, it's funny for him. He's always been he's always been the star of the show, you know, and now he's kind of with somebody where there are weekends where he has to take a step back and and be her number one fan. And he was telling us about the first time that she got out there um, right before she was about to do her run. And she's like here i need you to take all my jewelry and he's standing there with his 
hands cupped open, just having her hand him all his jewelry. And he's looking around like, I'm a IndyCar champion, NASCAR champion, and I am now jewelry holder, you know, for my yeah, girlfriend. Jewelry yeah. holder. He said, he said, yeah. talk about humbling. He said, I was thrilled to do it, that she would trust yep. me, you know, with her jewelry. He said, but I'm thinking of <laughs> Indianapolis Motor Speedway, three times NASCAR champion, blah, blah, blah. You know, a car owner and, and um, now I'm holding jewelry. But that's okay, you know. Right. But he number one fan for Leah Pruitt. Yeah. I want to explain to people, I don't think people know that, but remind people, who Morgan is, because Morgan is your producer, and she's like, you're, you're Louise, Thelma. You two are- Oh, yeah. Like, Morgan is the Tweedledee to my Tweedledum, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> she is, she's my producer. She's, I mean, she's uh, me in a, in a different form. We are the same person. Uh, one of us just produces the show, and one of us hosts it. So, um, yeah, you'll hear me talk about Morgan a lot. We should have Morgan on sometime. That'd be fun. You should, you should have Morgan on, because sit, sitting at dinner, if, you know, we, we should write, sitting at dinner with you and Morgan is like, it's just, it's, it's fascinating. It's <laughs> fun you two Fascinating. Have. That's the right word. Fascinating. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's fascinating to watch you two, uh, you know, anyway, it would it'd be a survey for, for, for a medical center site someday. Anyway. <laughs> I'd like to think, you know, we're, we're just here to help whatever we can do. Yeah. Uh, but other big announcement and this one, man, if, if, this was the feel good news of the week. I, I'm going to just tag it right there. Best news I've heard all week. The Briscoes. Marissa Briscoe announced that she is uh, pregnant with a little boy. And I, oh, just uh, knowing their story, knowing everything that her and Chase have been through these past two seasons, starting a family, trying to start a family, and now to have a confirmed pregnancy, know the gender, confident, they're sharing the news. I, my heart is just exploding for the Briscoe family. Yeah, I, I am so thrilled, so thrilled for them. And and uh, the, the gut-wrenching story of him being at Darlington, Googling down to run the race and the pandemic, the pressures of trying to, trying to get his career jump started and trying to, you know, and then he gets the news that they've lost a child. It's just, just gut-wrenching, but yeah. And, um, you know, I, and, you know, I, God is great. I mean, it's just all I can say is it's, that's, it's wonderful that, that they are going to be able to do this. And so I'm thrilled for the, for them. And, you know, and, you know, this could be a pretty good weekend for that young man in terms of his background on the short tracks and on dirt. Wouldn't that, would not that be uh, incredible? You think about, oh, my goodness. I, I can't oh I can't imagine that would be that would be incredible well and it, I mean it's like you said first of all everything is in is in God's timing and and yeah, uh yeah. I think that the 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 biggest just display for me and I was already a, a Briscoe yeah. fan but when he got out of the car at Darlington after the story you just said and and he drops to his knees right there fighting back tears and the very first thing he said in that interview was god is so good and i'm like you just received the most gut-wrenching news that you could possibly receive today yeah. and the first thing you have to say publicly is god is so good and that right there alone is just everything you need to know about chase briscoe marissa briscoe and that family yeah and think about the this final few laps at Darlington leading knowing that he was being run down by I think it was Kyle Bush or someone that was uh, you know someone with a lot more experience a lot more you know uh, than he ever had at that place and he's he's battling the toughest track the track too tough to tame whatever you want to call it at NASCAR and he's trying to hold on to his lead and just and the emotional devastation he's experienced hours before that and and he says I, you know 
and he's crying. He's knowing that I'm, I'm racing with my guts out and my heart out. And he's crying inside his helmet. You can't make that up. Those are, you know, those are movies that Hollywood, if they ever made feel good movies again, you know, would, would, would want to make. So yeah, the news this week, I, I agree, Jesse, the news that, uh, that they are expecting a little boy, you know, that's, that's so cool. That's, that's fair. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. A lot of good, happy news in the NASCAR world this week. I loved to see it. Obviously, we're excited for dirt. I want to talk all about that. I said I woke up just feeling rejuvenated. I woke up and did as I normally do every morning. I turned on my Sirius XM Channel 90, listening to some NASCAR. They were playing Mud on the Tires by Brad Paisley, and I was like, we are just setting the mood. We are ready to go. Um, but before we just really delve into Bristol, briefly mention what we saw at Atlanta, just briefly. And I don't want to run through all the races because it's Saturday morning. We're ready to go dirt running. But a couple just big takeaways. Let's start with the truck series. Kyle Busch, 60th truck win. Yep. Biggest takeaway there is that Kyle Busch still knows how to sling a truck around a racetrack. And he is absolutely the best truck series driver uh, in truck series history numbers show. Uh, the other big takeaway is that he might need to get a little better at acting. If he's going to let John Hunter Nemechek win those stage wins. Did you watch the truck race, Dad? It was a bit, it was like, maybe oh, just like, yeah, do a little better that. job of, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's, yeah. There's no Academy Award performances in that one, but that's okay. That's all yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. I understand the, the thought process there, and it makes the yeah. most sense. I mean, nobody was surprised by that, but it was just like NASCAR's looking at him like, dang, buddy, if you're going to do this, make it a little less obvious so that we don't have to step in and, and tell you not to let you. Well, Hunter did have a fast truck. He did finish third. I mean, Austin Hill finished mm -hmm. second. Ronnie Sauter, Sheldon Creed. You know, but but so Hunter, John Hunter Nemechek, who, who – drives for Kyle Busch and, and gave up his cup series ride that he had with Front Row Motorsports, a really good up and coming team as evidence mm -hmm. by their Daytona 500 win this year. But he walked, he came back home to the truck series because he wanted to get embedded mm -hmm. with Kyle Busch. Why wouldn't you want to be a, a driver in the Kyle Busch organization? And why wouldn't you want to get hooked up with Toyota who started promoting their drivers more and more? And so, yeah, that, but it was good. You know, Kyle wins it. And, uh, but that's cool though. The fact that He's there to win. You know, because we don't have practice in qualifying, Kyle's one of those drivers a lot of people realize has suffered probably more than others because he likes to get out there and wheel the car and feel the car. And he hasn't been able to do that. And a lot of people think that, and I agree, that it hurts his performance on Sunday. Well, at Atlanta, he had the truck series race. But the reason they don't want all these cup guys running in trucks and other series all the time is it takes away from uh, the ability of these young guys to develop Although I say, if you're out there behind Kyle Busch, you're developing because you're learning. You're learning from a master. If you're out there behind mm -hmm. Kevin Harvick. If you're out here behind, you know, any, anyone in some of these races. Ryan Newman this weekend. But it, it, you're you're learning from people who have been there and done that. Anyway, you're right. You know, Kyle Busch uh, wins a truck, 60th truck series, oh. six zero in the truck. Yeah. And he's not slowing down anytime soon. No, yeah, no. sometimes I think the sometimes I think the fans are more angry or more frustrated with watching the Cup guys come back and run in in Xfinity or in trucks because they say, you know, get get out of their playground. These are the these are the guys that are trying to learn. But when you talk to any of those younger drivers in those series, they're like, no, I love this. Like on Saturday in the Xfinity series, I yes. loved an opportunity to to put my skills to the test against Martin Truex Jr. I mean, they enjoy being able to uh, bring a new element of competition into into the race that week and put and match up their skills. Which, speaking of MTJ and in, in the Xfinity series, ooh, 
they, uh, did you catch that race, Dad? The Xfinity Series yeah. race? I yeah. can't remember what you said. It was the Cup Series one you said you yeah. only saw. No, I, had to be, yeah, I had to be in an event, but during a Cup Series race. Yeah. Yeah. Well, biggest takeaways from Xfinity is uh, it doesn't matter how long it's been. Martin Truex Jr. knows how to run an Xfinity car. But, <laughs> but pit road is so important. We all know it. We say it every week. But I mean, that was just the most prime example of how you, it is so critical to be as close to perfect as possible when yeah, it comes yeah. to pit road. Yeah. And, and, and here's the thing is, uh, you know, Martin Truex Jr., the week before, overcame a mistake. No, I'm, I'm not sure it was a driver mistake. It was just a grip mistake. And, and he bounces sure. off the wall at, at Phoenix. And it's because he's so composed and cool and, and you know, they fix it. They worked on it and they got it better. And he won the cup race this week, this, mm-hmm. this weekend at the Xfinity series event in Atlanta, the pit road issue, the penalty um, cost him. And, uh, mm-hmm. but you know, the downside is it cost him, but he still got laps on the racetrack, which is what he was there for. And the good side is, is that Justin Allgaier gets, yep. uh, you know, one of the, one of the good guys, one of the, you know, you know, if you, if you had to paint a picture of someone you wanted to put on a poster and said, this is, this is Bush Series, where names are made, whatever. I remember when I used to call the back, back when, when it was the Bush Series and it was a nationwide series. Now the Xfinity Series, we used to call those races that the catch line was where names are made. Well, that's mm-hmm. just an all is a prime example of that, you know, coming out of the Arca Series and, you know, his dad is a tire, tire vendor in the Midwest and just a good, good family. And they got a good, you know, sponsorship from the midwest and a great guy that sponsors those cars i mean just and now junior motorsports you're hooking up two families with similar kind of backgrounds and justin becomes one of the faces one of the proud faces of uh, the nascar xfinity series and he wins at atlanta so yeah thr- mm-hmm. thrill for him yeah i mean you said it when when junior motorsports is going to say this is our guy this is the guy we want to put yeah. as yeah. A, one of the main faces for many years now of our race team uh that says so much about justin allgaier and um i love it i mean gator gator gets the monkey off his back when it comes to yeah. trying to yeah. get himself into the playoffs which i'm thrilled to that for that obviously because justin's a great guy but also because i'm really excited to see how he's going to continue to run then as we move forward because obviously now that he's locked into the playoffs it kind of changes the the thought process there and what's important to drivers whether that's stage points um you know or track position that the whole strategy kind of changes yeah, but you, know, yeah. you already have that win under your belt so i'm excited we'll see if maybe he's gonna go get a little more aggressive like we know he can be and and uh i'm just i'm happy for that seven team and now we get to see um the other junior motorsports cars do it, do whatever they can and the teamwork there with Justin knowing I'm in, let's get you guys where, where I am as well in the playoffs. And, and there's no question that Noah Gregson is, is incredibly right. talented individual. He is a, he is so talented uh, we, and aggressive. Did I mention that he's aggressive? No, um, what? And, and, and he's intense. <laughs> um, I love the fact that um, uh, I won't take credit for this because someone I heard at a race shop and I won't mention which shop because it might get somebody in trouble, but they call him. <laughs> They said, yeah, uh, uh, it's uh, over there at Junior Motorsports. It's uh, it's uh, it's Darth Vader and Gator. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I wonder who Darth Vader might be. Uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah. uh, Darth Vader in, in, is wearing camo uh, yeah. Bass Pro Shop gear. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, no, yeah, so, I mean, so now it's now it's going to be. Uh, and you, but you know, and the re- and I love you know as Junior Dale Junior said. You know, I'm not going to take his spirit away. I'm not going to do anything to impact that, that because that's what makes these, the passion was what makes these guys, you know, I remember his dad coming in. I remember Tony Stewart coming in, you know, and, and, and pushing and shoving and wrecking things. But you know what? He got there and he became an NASCAR champion and one of the all-time greats, which is probably where Noah Gregson is headed one of these days. 
but he's got some he's he's got some growing up to do but that's okay that's that's fine just a tad yeah you know we could go on and on about gregson and obviously the uh altercation i like to call him a post-race discussion the conversation yeah. you know yeah. that was had yeah. with fists on uh pit road there after the race we could go on and on about that and and i i, I don't know that we should now i kind of want to wait and see where these next uh few races go because the xfinity series is is off yeah. for two weeks um but i kind of want to let him get back to run and see see where we go from there i think the biggest yeah. thing to mention coming out of all of that with the the conversation between Noah Gregson and Daniel Hemrick is that NASCAR decided not to to penalize anyone there were no penalties given out following uh the race there's a lot of differences of opinion as to what that should have looked like or who was to blame or what was on purpose and what was not on purpose right, right. at the end of the day Gregson said I'm just trying to get in my pit box I had to back up to get into my pit box and in NASCAR can't sit there and say no, you are. No, you are. You're lying. I mean, how do you have this? If Noah says I wasn't intentional, at some point you can't tell a guy that he's that he's not being truthful. Well, putting the finger up might might have given it away a little yeah, bit. That might have been part, that <laughs> might have been his way of saying that was this was a little bit more than just trying to get in my pit box. I was trying to yeah. send you a message in two different yeah. ways: one with the back of my car, one with the uh, with the, with one of my fingers. So uh, that, but but I I agree. You know, we talk about turning back the clock. NASCAR sort of turning back the clock, like they used to, used to police or used to in the old days. They would sort of have a hands off. Okay, you guys, you guys, you know, you do it, you figure handle it, it yourself, and you figure it out in the yeah. garage area. And uh, you know, and if it's, if you need to cross a few T's or dot a few I's, as they as uh, Daniel <laughs> Hemrick said that day, you know, that's that's um, you know that that happens. <clears throat> the old the old adage back in the early days of NASCAR is if you're gonna fight. Do it on the front stretch where everybody can see it. <laughs> yeah, do it where do it where the camera guys can get a good, uh, get a good shot. So that people yeah. understand, you know, let's let's not have this behind the scenes. Yeah, but you know, yeah. well, so you know, I, Daniel Daniel took that advice. Daniel said, "I'm going to take that one step further. I'm going to do it while he's doing an interview." Yeah, he hey, said, you want good coverage? I'm just going to go grab him, grab him by the collar while he's in the middle of an interview. <laughs> yeah, hey, you know what? That's that's uh, exactly. You know, that, that's good. Oh, you know, man. Hey, yeah, yeah. Smart young man. Yeah. Yeah, I think the best line coming out of all that, and this is the last thing I'll say about it, was Daniel said, you know, after the altercation, he said, he wants to come punch a hole in the front of my race car. Well, I'm going to punch a hole in his eye, and now we're even. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. okay, Daniel. Well, dang. Okay, whatever. Tell whatever. us how you really feel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, yeah. um, Way to sit on the fence, Daniel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Well, so NASCAR did say they're going to keep an eye on those two uh, once yeah, they come back intended. to competition here yeah. in two weeks. Yeah, keep <laughs> people will keep a black eye on the two of them. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. man. Well, final final big takeaway from Atlanta. We have to mention the truck or the Cup race, which Dad, I know you mentioned you didn't see all of. So I'll give you the uh, the quickest recap in in okay. recap history. Kyle Larson absolutely dominates. Leads. 85, 90% of the race. And with eight laps to go, I believe it was eight, Ryan Blaney comes in, steals the lead, gets the win. And now Blaney had had a fast car all day. And he had proven earlier on in the race that he was fabulous on the long runs, which is exactly right. what we got in stage three. We had a cautionless stage three. So we right. knew when we saw that coming, okay, Blaney's about to really be able to put his, his car and his run uh, to, to the full test here which he did, and he got the win, which is great because now that's another driver that we've seen, uh, seven races, seven drivers. And then the interesting thing about that too was they made the announcement or made the, the comment that Blaney, every single one of Ryan Blaney's Cup Series wins has come from him taking the lead within the final 10 laps. Isn't that crazy? Well, I, it is crazy, 
and that is a that is a and that is a real uh, Blaney being in position to win and not taking anything away from Ryan Blaney. I think Ryan Blaney is an incredible young talent, but the crew chief there has done a phenomenal job. That is a crew chief who's forward thinking and saying, okay, we may not be, we may not be, it's all like a tortoise and a hare. We may not be the, the hare all day long. We may not be the rabbit out there like Kevin, you know, mm-hmm. like Kyle Larson was, but I've got something up my sleeve here. We can do this, this, and this. We come in, we put, we put fresh good years on, we make this adjustment and we're going to put it in your hands. We're going to go out there and suddenly we're going to make you a fast turtle. Remember, remember the shuffle they made this year, Todd Gordon uh, went over to right. Blaine. And, uh, you know, he'd been over with Joey Logano, I think. So, you know, I just think Todd, I have a tremendous amount of respect for what Todd Gordon does, all of them for that matter. But Todd Gordon, and and I knew him back years ago when he was uh, a crew chief in what was then the old Bush series, you know. Right. And, uh, and I just think he, he's come so far. He's just such a smart guy. You know, Todd Gordon, Ryan Blaney, big win at Atlanta for that team. Mm-hmm. And, oh, by the way, what, six different winner this season uh, in right. the races? Yeah, it's definitely shaping up to be a very interesting playoff field, that's for sure. When you look yeah. at the, the the playoff spots that are filling in right now, it's it's getting very interesting, which diverts me back to my question from a few weeks ago that I think we're all just kind of tabling for now until we get a little further into the season is, are we going to see more winners than we have playoff spots? I don't know, but if we do, then we're going to look at a very interesting second half of the regular season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like – you know, it, it's like people, um, and it, that 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 could start posing a question down the stretch. If you have, so you have more winners, more winners than people, and you have room in the playoff. Do you do like some of the other NCAA did, or years ago, or you, or like everybody's talking about with college football? Do you expand the playoffs? Do you do you not mm-hmm. just let the top sixteen in? Do you go to twenty? To, but if you do that, do you dilute the playoffs? If you do that, right. or do you leave it at sixteen and make it okay? You want to be in the playoffs and you want to race in your 17th or 18th in points, you got to find a way to get to 16th. And I think that's even better, too. Those are great storylines for fans, for television, you know. And, and you know, by the way, we haven't mentioned the fact that while this happening in NASCAR, including this week, helps television, helps Fox, helps NBC, oh, yeah. what they're doing. And all the, you know, suddenly all these TV stations in and around Tennessee, where I live, and in Western North Carolina, that is sort of, I mean, we're in March Madness. We're talking about spring football. But yeah, they're leading the sports sports show on local television, on local sports. We're talking about this is what happened in NASCAR. Everybody, there's a tremendous local grassroots interest. Mm-hmm. And I can say as well, I'm, how old am I? I'm 26, I had to think about it. Uh, I turn 27 next month. Oof, that's scary. But um, <laughs> so many people my age, so many of my friends are like, hey, what's what's this whole thing, you know, what's going on in the sport right now? And and, and whether they, are, you know, have a, a genuine interest that has been sparked, or a lot of it is sometimes they've heard, like you said, somebody else talk about it. It's been brought yeah. up somewhere else. So younger, younger adults, younger fans are now kind of like, I'm a sports fan and and sports are talking about NASCAR. So clue me in. Why should I, you know, why should I be interested in this? And it's great. I love it. I love bringing new people into the sport. Hey, really quick though. I noticed speaking of Ryan Blaney, did you see that Blaney, both Ryan and David Blaney were on the Dale Jr. Download this week. I haven't listened yet, but I bet it is awesome. Yeah, I bet it is too. And it's just, you know, just the fact that you're talking about dirt and, and family history and, you know, Mm -hmm. that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's super yeah. cool. Well, anyways, final takeaway from Atlanta, because again, we're going dirt racing and that's what we want to talk about. But uh, I said it on the show this week, you know, Kyle Larson, I arguably we're seeing the most competitive Kyle Larson we have ever seen in the Cup <clears throat> Series. And I just I just think Kyle Larson plus Hendrick equipment equals perfect storm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and everyone everyone said when Kyle, if Kyle gets back and gets that second chance, which Rick Henry gave him, and Kyle was so thankful for after when he got out of the car emotionally at, at Las Vegas, you know, that that Atlanta would be the place he'd get that first win because that's where he could run up near the wall. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, uh, and it's uh, – and, you know, because that's Kyle Larson. That's where he where he likes to go. He's, uh, he's up there, you know, the outside line, the outside lane. And, uh, and, in fact, I remember when Kyle Larson told me when he first came into sport, he'd been, not been in that long, but he told me that uh, they, they were – uh, expecting a, a baby and have a little boy and they're going to name him Owen. And I said, Owen Larson's initials are OL outside lane, outside line. He looked, yeah. <laughs> I said, how cool is that? That's, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so, uh, yeah, that's, that, that's cool. Um, that, uh, uh, that, that, you know, he's, he's come in and done so well and, and yeah, and, and, and he's gotta be, you know, he's obviously everyone's pointing to him and a few others, handful of others to be the guys, the guys that get it done on dirt. But hey, yeah. not so fast, as, as our buddy Lee Corso would say, not so fast, my friend, because a lot of the people who are quick, quick learners and uh, are, are ha- and having a blast, at, you know, uh, already mm-hmm. at Bristol. Well, I had on the pace lap this week, I had Eric Jones in the house. He was my co-host in studio. And it was really cool because obviously Eric comes from a a dirt background growing up dirt racing. But then also Eric now in that 43 for Richard Petty Motorsports. Well, you mentioned this being the first time in 50 years that we've seen cup cars compete on dirt. The last time being 1970 when... Richard Petty in that number 43 took home the win. So it was kind of cool to have Eric there and talk about, you know, yeah. he went and visited Bristol with Richard and to see the two of them, him and the King standing there on the dirt and just taking it all in. Uh, it was really neat. But, you know, I asked Eric, I said, you've got that dirt background. We're seeing a couple guys, obviously a couple guys with dirt backgrounds, but then a couple guys doing what they can going over there and running in the Bristol Dirt Nationals last weekend, just trying to get as many reps as they can. Um, we saw Austin Dillon win. He actually won. Uh, Kyle Busch went. Um, Corey LaJoy ran a few runs there. And yeah. I said, I said, Eric, you know, how much can you really rely on this experience when it comes to Sunday? And he was like, not a lot. <laughs> he said, yeah. you know, you think you can. And uh, you can to an extent. But generally, overall, it's just, it's, it's really anyone's game this weekend. Well, and I love the fact that after practice uh, at most cup races or, or Xfinity or truck series races, after practice, you see them out, you know, with the, with the uh, uh, blowing the racetrack off here. It's the water truck out spraying water on the racetrack and the trucks making laps. I'm loving that. Uh, that. That brings back a lot of memories, but you know, you know, it's, it, and it is unpredictable. I do want to say this though. Uh, it was nearly two decades ago, even though it's been 50 years, since NASCAR ran on dirt, and uh, you mentioned the, the NC State Fairgrounds uh, in Raleigh when Richard Petty won mm-hmm. in 1970, but Bristol actually had dirt put down two decades ago uh, when when uh, Jeff Bird, who was my my buddy, longtime RJR executive when it was the Winston Race Winston Cup Series, and he went over and took over Bristol Motor Speedway, but he he watched a dirt race at Las Vegas, you know, you know, uh, one of the SMI tracks 
and watched, watched the World of Outlaws race out of Las Vegas. So why can't we do that in Bristol? So he had them bring in, I think it was 14,000 truckloads of dirt onto Bristol Motor Speedway uh, for uh, a big uh, World of Outlaws and Dirt Super Late Model event in 2000, back in the year 2000, which was a huge, huge success. Um, so um, the, uh, and I, I just think, you know, so give him credit for being the guy you know, Bruden Smith, obviously owned the track, mm-hmm. Jeff said, let's do that. And they came in and had a huge weekend there back in 2000, did a couple more years. And then, but then, then it, and, and the irony is that it's Jerry Caldwell, who's his son-in-law. Right. Who, who now runs Bristol Motor Speedway. And no one loved, loved Jeff Bird, aside from a few of us who love the guy um, more than Jerry Caldwell. <laughs> but it's, he's the guy that helps lead the charge back along with Marcus Smith, Bruton's son who now runs that, you know, that they bring dirt back to Bristol. And it gives me chills thinking about how they followed in the footsteps of visionaries like Bruton Smith and like Jeff Bird, who made it happen at Bristol back in 2000. And here we are 21 years later, and we're doing it again. And this time, you know, it may be, you know, someone asked me, you know, how, how would you describe the anticipation for Bristol? How would you describe anticipation, not just for the weekend, but a week ago, but a month ago, two months ago, when he announced what's this going to happen? And I tell people, it reminds me back, what, 25, 26 years ago, uh, when we talked about going to Indianapolis Motor Speedway for the very first Brickyard 400. We're going to take NASCAR stock cars to the, you know, to, you know, one of the greatest race courses in the world, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So it reminds me a little bit of that. We're taking mm-hmm. NASCAR stock cars and we're putting them on dirt. And, and Hey, by the way, I, I love seeing, you know, this is like, it, maybe it's personal to me, but being able to see the broadcasters like Mike Joy <laughs> and, and Jeff Gordon and, and Clint Boyer standing there in jeans on the air. I mean, I would have killed them to wear jeans on the air. <laughs> Because we're in a racetrack, we're in dress slacks and a jacket and a tie, and we're trying to convince the folks at ESPN that, you know, I'm not sure. I realize that we're professional broadcasters, and I realize, but right. let's dress appropriately for dress where like we, we're at the racetrack. Yeah, yeah, you're at yeah. the racetrack. Now, you won't wear sloppy jeans, but you wear, a, you know, a nice pair of jeans and a dress shirt and a, and a blazer, and that would be fine. But those guys look so casual, and seeing, you know, Regan Smith and Jamie Little on pit road, you know, with. With their, in their you know, goggles. <laughs> in their goggles, yeah. I mean, how yeah. cool is that? Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, talk about someone that's in their element, Clint Boyer. He's he's in the booth. He's wearing his jeans. He's talking dirt racing. He's he's happy. I think he's he's a happy yeah. guy right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. You, yeah exactly. you know, it's funny though. You you talk about, uh, and I thought this was so interesting. You talk about the the prior dirt experience that Bristol has with transforming the track for Outlaws. Um, you know when NASCAR decided that, that this was something that they wanted to do or, or were kind of contemplating it, they traveled to, I think it was like over 60 dirt tracks around the country just to research them. And so that they could ensure that they were creating the perfect dirt surface at Bristol. And then interestingly enough, that dirt that they had used prior at Bristol, they had been storing in a warehouse somewhere in Bristol, the Johnson City yeah, area, yeah. storing the dirt in a warehouse for two decades, and they brought it back out, and that is the same dirt. 2,300 truckloads of that dirt is what they used to transform yeah. the track. Yeah. How so cool if you hear that? someone say, hey, we got some dirt on you, you say, yeah, it's stored in a warehouse down the street here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, for real. Talk about dirt that, if dirt could speak, that, yeah, that, yeah, that dirt yeah. would have a lot to say. <laughs> 
you know, the thing is, they it's not just dirt. It's a combination of sawdust and clay and a certain kind of dirt. And you mix it all up. And you talk about Jeff Bird. They had 14,000 truckloads of dirt. Remember, remember that the, the racetrack back then was banked 36 degrees. You know, and then when they repaved it and did the did the transitional banking, it was down to 26 degrees when it's concrete. Well, now because they realized the best racing would be not that significant of banking, it's banked 19 degrees. And when they did the when they put the dirt down, to, in order to have that banking at 19 degrees, they had to lower the bottom of the racetrack so the dirt the dirt at the bottom of the racetrack down on the apron is nine feet thick. That's how thick <laughs> it is. It's nine feet thick at the bottom and it tapers to one foot at the top. So you can take that banking and then, and, and lower the banking to 19 degrees. So uh, think about how wow. much work that involved putting nine feet of dirt. And I just like to be the guy, Jerry Caldwell says, Hey, go, uh, go, go clean the track off. Will you go get rid of the dirt? <laughs> That's what Eric Jones said this week. I said, 2,300 truckloads of dirt have been laid down. And he was like, in 2,300 truckloads of dirt will be cleaned up after this weekend. <laughs> oh I was like, Oh, hadn't thought about that yet. Yeah. yeah all yeah. this anticipation for months. Nobody has thought about the, the cleanup after the race. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 But you know, going back to uh, you talking about the, the announcers in the broadcast. I didn't get to see all of practice yesterday. I was still at work, but I, I did catch final practice when I got home and uh, my, so cool. First of all, just to watch final practice, but Jamie did a pit report from the infield that I thought was spectacular. Jamie's great at her job. So this is no surprise there, but she started over at William Byron's tires and she said, guys, look at this. This is 30 laps on, on the track here. This is what the tires look like. And the grip, was pretty worn down. The tread was pretty worn down. She said, but follow me. We're going to go about two pit stalls down and I'm going to show you Joey Logano's tires. She took the camera over there to Joey Logano's tires. She said, this is 50 to 50 laps. So only 20 more laps. And right. there was not a single trace of, of tread of grip on those tires. I mean, those things were flat and it, it just really puts it in perspective that that's the difference in 20 laps. And that's only 50 laps on the track. That's what they yeah. look like. And the, and the first couple segments are 75 laps. Yeah. Remember they, they, they don't, um, uh, these are, these are grooved dirt tires. And even in the first practice session, they showed, I think, uh, you know, William Byron or maybe it was Alex Bowman's uh, right rear tire on dirt. You're, you're because you're sliding in the corner and you're back in the throttle, you're, you're spinning that right rear tire and you're coming up off the corner, you're burning that right rear tire. And remember these are bias ply tires. I love that word bias ply because that's what, what we had <laughs> back years ago when we had Rusty and Earnhardt and all these guys in Bodine, everybody slipping and sliding, you know, but on the, on the, on the asphalt tracks, but these tires with the heavy stock cars are wearing, they're wearing. And so they've got to have to think about this. Now you, there's no, no timed pit stops uh, during the, right. during the, but so you, you, unless you don't pit, you, you don't really, you come on pit road change and you get back off and where you, where you came on. But um, uh, it's going to be interesting because tire wear is going to be a factor. I mean, you got to have some, some tread. Normally you don't have tread on, on race tires or slicks. You got to have tread to be able to go anywhere. And these guys that are the fast cars are burning it off. Or you sit out there and you be smart and you sit out there and you may be a Chase Briscoe or a, or, you know, or Kyle Larson sit out there and say, I'm going to, I'm not going to burn my tires off and I'm not going to come in and I'm going to stay out here and I'm going to take care of my, that right rear tire, which is what a lot of dirt, dirt guys will do. Do you, you, depending upon how the car is set up, you take care of the right front, you take care of the right rear. 
and and I'm gonna and I'm gonna be here. And then when they all pit because their tires are gone, it's my it's my deal. It's my you know. Mm -hmm. Although this is a long enough race, and these are in 75 laps for the first two segments, and then what 100 on the final one. That, that's a lot of laps on a dirt track. That is a long, long race. So a lot of things can happen. But you're right. Another another big uh, variable and question mark are going to be it's going to be tire wear and uh, how these tires hold up. Yeah, that is one of the things that that Eric Jones did say on the show this week when I went back to him saying you really can't rely on that experience as much. He did say that, though. He said these these uh, guys with dirt experience are going to have a better understanding of what the run is doing to their race car, um, which obviously is going to be. Uh, yeah you know, an advantage there because you can't control what's going on around you. We don't really have experience on this track, but if you know how a car feels when you're running it on dirt, you can, you can generally be more in tune with what you need to do for your race car, which is the advantage there for those, for those guys with dirt experience. Yeah, exactly. It's strategy. It's going to come in. It's a strategy. It's not strategy. just getting up there and turning left and sliding. It's a lot of strategy involved as to when you go and how you go and how, how aggressive you are. Uh, like any race for that matter, but especially mm -hmm. this weekend. And oh, by the way, uh, it is uh, the weather is a factor uh, for two days, and so you don't uh, don't expect to see the uh, the, the the tundra air air drying, you know, uh, you know, guys, because you don't blow, you can't blow off the dirt. You know, you gotta you gotta dampen it down, you gotta pack it down, you gotta work it in, and uh, that's something Tony Stewart told us when we had Tony Tony in for uh, the end of the year. You know, pace lap. He said, when talking about dirt, he said, there's a tremendous science in knowing how to work a dirt track. He said, the folks at Bristol are going to go out and try to get the best guys they can get. He said, you know, my guys at Eldora, you know, that's, and Tony would be, he'd be on the grader himself a lot of times out there working on, on Eldora. Oh, yeah. You got to know yeah, how you to, see you, know, you got to know how to make the track. If it ruts up and grooves up, it ruts up, then you can underneath the car. Um, you know, you got some suspension areas you got to be able to make sure are strong enough to, to withstand bouncing on and off those ruts. And then drivers being able to hang on to the wheel uh, and you physically hang on to the wheel and feel the car and turn mm -hmm. it. Uh, so, yeah, that's a, there's a lot of variables that weather can create by changing the track, uh, changing a dirt track. It's so funny that you mentioned that because uh, did you see the photos on Twitter? A lot of people were posting yesterday after practice what the track looked like. The conditions of the racing surface yeah. i mean it's 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 wild and i mentioned earlier my husband with his uh very recent you know focus now on the dirt racing now that his local radio station has told him it, it is very exciting he brought to me a tweet he said um look at this and he like showed me the track surface and he's like are they gonna fix this before they race tomorrow <laughs> he said I said, well sort of you know i said they go through and they'll, they'll make sure the racing surface is good but there really isn't isn't much fixing you do there. They're not going to bring in another 2,300 truckloads of fresh dirt and start yeah. over. I mean, yeah. that's what you're working yeah. with. So yeah. and, it's and part like, of it. And like the cruise, there was, a, there was a, a tweet this morning that said, when's the last time you saw uh, the NASCAR Cup Series race teams have a shovel on pit road? We have a shovel <laughs> in the pits. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Or yeah. I saw Haley Deegan's pit crew sitting in their pit pit stall and it took like three of them were putting a Swiffer together and they're looking at each other like we don't have to put Swiffers together what, exactly. why am I yeah, yeah you I showed up to work today and now I'm 
using a Swiffer? Like, what's this about? Yeah. They used to be a sponsor years ago. I think it was on Mike, one of Michael Walter's cars, but it was, it was, it was Dirt Devil. It was Dirt Devil. It was a vacuum cleaner, Dirt Devil. So how there about, you go. No, there you go. That, that would have been, that would have been appropriate. For, That's that, a smart sponsorship right yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. That would have, they'd have, they were still around. They could come in and sponsor one of the races at Bristol, by the way. But, uh, yeah, that would been the way to do it. Also, I loved watching practice yesterday. Just as a side note, everybody was kind of, um, I don't want to say everybody. There were a, a decent number of fans that were a little disappointed that NASCAR didn't take this event one step further and run it at night. They said, we're already doing this whole thing. Let's run yeah. it at night. Okay, well, if you watched practice yesterday through the dust and the dirt, you think you could have seen anything if we run this thing at night? I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, the guy, I don't see how the guys in, in the, you know, now, you know, guys could see, could visibly see, you know, out of the, because of the dust. You know, if you've never run dirt before, and when I was, what little I, asphalt racing, I, racing I did growing up was on asphalt at Hickory Speedway and Metro Line on some of the racetracks. I remember we were at Dover uh, for a cup weekend, and Kenny Schrader was supposed to go run a dirt track, uh, like a modified car at a dirt track. Uh, about an hour south of Dover, of, of, of Delaware. And he comes to me and says, hey, you know, everybody says you and I look so much alike that we're, they resemble each other a lot. And uh, he was driving for Jenny Dunlap at time, early in his career. And uh, so he, he was driving. I remember because he, he was Red Baron was a pizza company that was sponsoring their car. Yeah. He said, hey, how about do me a favor? He said, you're, you're a short track racer. How about you going down to this dirt track and, I, and run a few laps and fill in for me? Because people will see you away. They'll think it's me. You know, like that. And I said, I said, first of all, I've never driven a dirt car in my life. He said, ah, you just hit slides and you just go in the corner and slam. Well, anyway, long story short, I borrow a fire suit, go down there. I thought it'd be fun. And and and, and the people, and I, I was up front when I got there and told the guy that owned the car. I said, look, I'm not Kenny Schrader. He said, I know, no, you're Dr. Punchbowl. And so I get in the car, I get in the car and they, and the track made a big deal. And I felt bad because I had never been on dirt and you got no, by the time I got there, you got no practice. Well, Schrader is great. Schrader is one of the legends on dirt. And, you know, and everywhere he goes, well, I'm out there trying to, trying to drive this thing like an asphalt track and I'm, you know, but, and then after about 10 laps, cause it had rained off and on I, my screens, my windshield screens were covered in mud and I, it, you couldn't see a thing. I could not see it. And there's no, back then there was no plexiglass under the screen. So I'm getting pelted with my helmet and, and, uh, with mud. And I'm thinking, this is not fun. Schrader knew what he was doing. I didn't sign up for this. Yeah. I exactly. I got to be on the air tomorrow to do it on ESPN. And I should have, I need to have teeth. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, but so, going back to Bristol, I, I think, uh, I think it was, um, uh, you know, it's interesting watching the onboard cameras uh, because, you know, and, and watching the dust and stuff fly. I mean, it's a, it's a video, it's a scene you don't get to see anywhere else. You may oh, have yeah. a little piece of debris or some tire pebbles come off on a racetrack, but not like this. And then the straightaway, the camera's on the straightaway, uh, looking for <laughs> looking the dust cloud. Oh, that's... Can't uh, wipe them off fast enough. I mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, seriously. Well, Cody Ware said this morning, they had him on Sirius XM. He said this morning, they said, you know, what's the visibility like? He said, I couldn't see. There were times out there at practice that I couldn't see. But I kept telling myself, you know, if there was ever a time to, to guess... Or, or take a chance and figure it out, you know, it was then during practice. Uh, but I just thought that was so funny. He was just so transparent. He was like, I'll be honest, I couldn't see. I don't know, but I'm figuring it out. <laughs> you know, and, and, and speaking of figuring it out, I think from the first practice uh, on Friday, uh, and of course the, tr the, uh, the Camping World Truck Series each had, and, and Cup Cars each had two practices. Right. They had four hours on the racetrack. But from the first one on Friday to the end, these guys, these teams started figuring it out. These are really, these are racers. 
they're not just guys that get in the car and you know and 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 finesse a car on Sundays. These guys are racers, the crew guys, the crew, the crew chiefs, the engineers. And they said, okay, this is what we got. This is what we're we're, we're losing time here. And 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 you're uh, and and you go to school on people. You go to school on people who are the better dirt track racers. I thought it was so cool to see uh, to Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin following Christopher Bell around the racetrack, mm-hmm. which is just the opposite when they go to the asphalt. <laughs> right. He's trying to learn and follow, follow <laughs> these guys who are the masters, who are the guys that, that have conquered, you know, and, but they're yeah. following him because Christopher Bell, you know, the chili bowls, all the things he's won on dirt. Oh, he's, yeah. like, he's the guy everyone says along with Kyle Larson and a few others, you know, Chase Briscoe, that they are the guys who know this dirt. So let's follow them and see what happens. So by the second practice session, a lot of the cup teams uh, really started to get it. And here again, we talk about Ryan Blaney was the fastest, fastest cup car in the final session. Uh, and I think uh, Alex Bowman had been in the first session. So uh, these guys are, they started to be able to dial it in. So it's going to be interesting to see, is it going to be a Kyle Larson show? Is it going to be, you know, uh, you know, Christopher Bell, um, you know, and, and I think, I think, you know, Kyle Larson last week, by the way, they ran, uh, it was the, uh, the the Bristol Dirt Nationals. They ran there. So some of the cup guys and, and, and extended, went up there and ran in those races, Kyle Larson being one of them. And even though he looked, um, you know, he looked to be one of the guys to beat, you know, with just a few laps ago, Jonathan Davenport, uh, who's a legendary uh, super late model dirt track racer uh, who goes by the nickname Superman, uh, mm-hmm. he blasts by, by Kyle Larson and wins the race. And Kyle finishes second. Davenport, you know, how he took care of his tires and, and car. And, 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 you know, you learn by watching that. But there are other guys there. Austin Dillon went up there and won the division. He was, yeah. a, he was a dominant. He ran really well. Yeah, really well. So Austin Dillon is a guy that could, can be a factor. I mean, so it's, it's going to be, it's one of those. And some of these teams have had drivers you've never heard of that are good on dirt. They brought in mm-hmm. to race this weekend, and and I heard Sirius XM uh, yesterday had a couple of those guys on that were just thrilled to get the opportunity to be in a cup car and be on dirt to be in that show. So yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because I wanted to talk a little bit about the two series we're watching this weekend with the trucks on Saturday night and then Cup on Sunday. Before I get into you mentioning guys getting to run in the series and run on dirt and what it means to them, I'll get there. But we're going to see a handful of of Cup Series drivers run in the truck series this weekend, which, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of the majority of that is they want to get reps on this racetrack before they go out there and run on Sunday. Um, I know I have a list here. I don't know that, that this is everybody that's confirmed because I feel like by the day we keep getting new names, but I do know uh, Chase Briscoe, Bubba Wallace, Kevin Harvick, Ryan Newman, Kyle Larson, uh, Martin Truex Jr. and Daniel Suarez have all announced that they're going to run yeah. Um, but then on the flip side of that, which is what I wanted to get to, is that um, Stuart Friesen is getting to make his Cup Series debut yeah. this weekend. And I was fortunate enough to do an interview uh, this week with both Stuart and his wife, Jessica, who I'll explain while I was talking to to Jessica as well. Um, but I asked Stuart, you know, I just said, this is really cool for you. Not only are you going to drive at the highest level of NASCAR competition, but for you as a dirt guy to get to do it on the dirt at Bristol. And he said, this is truly just a dream come true. And he's driving that 77 for Spire Motorsports. And he told me, he said, you know, you always dream about the opportunity to get to run in the Cup Series, but 
for me to do it for Spire, who's a team with a charter, you know, they're putting me out in, in the best possible equipment that they have, and I'm getting to do it on dirt, and I'm getting to do it at Bristol, and he really just, you saw Stuart, who, Stuart's a great guy, but really not a very outwardly emotional person, you just saw what this meant to him in that response, and, and so I'm, I'm thrilled to see what he can do on Sunday, just to get that opportunity is great, but Fingers crossed that he can go out there and really make a statement. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's the kind of energy and excitement you see from people that are, are getting this opportunity. And, uh, and, and, and by the way, uh, he, might have, he might have a little inside bet going on as who wins. Does he, doesn't he race against someone in his family? Well, that's right. Yeah, uh, that's what I said. I talked to his wife as well, which you're probably like, why would you do an interview with Stuart and his wife? Well, uh, Jessica Friesen is a racer as well. She uh, races Dirt Modifieds up in the Northeast. And Stuart and Jessica race against each other a decent amount when he does that kind of midweek racing. But she is making her truck series debut, well, hoping to. She's going to hope to qualify um, for Saturday's, for tonight's race. And uh yeah, I, so it was really cool to just talk with both of them because, yeah. um, you know, Jessica, she told me a few things. She said, one, she said, the extent of my truck series experience is going to be driving the truck around the race shop when we get there this weekend. Um, but she said, but, you know, you kind of add that to my dirt experience and one heavily outweighs the other. So I'm hoping that a combination of the two of, of, of my inexperience in trucks, but my experience with dirt will kind of, you know, work themselves out. And, uh, I, you know, it's funny because they're both running for Halmar Racing. And I, I said, how did this all come about? And so interestingly enough, Halmar had bought two trucks at the start of the season. Um, and their plan was to make the second truck into another Speedway truck. And just didn't really work. They didn't think it was the right truck for that. They never really had the time and priority there. So the truck kind of sat in the corner of the race shop for a while, just collecting dust. And I said to Jessica, I said, um, so it sounds like that truck had your name on it before you even knew it. And Stuart busted out laughing and he was like, no, it did. The crew guys, as a joke, would go over there and write <laughs> Jessica's name above the door. And they would write, this is Jessica's dirt truck, you know, joking around. Oh, and then wow. here we are, like a few months later, they actually looked at her and said, you want to do this? If like, we've been joking about it, let's do this. And she said, I'll give it a try. And I just think that is so cool. And so I don't know. And, and I asked him too, I said, um, you know, what are you willing to do uh, to get a win? I say, you know, people love asking drivers, you know, would you wreck your mom for a checkered flag, you know, just to the extreme. And so I asked both of them and Stuart immediately, he's, his eyes got really big and he goes, oh, I would never wreck her. I would never wreck her. And Jessica didn't answer. And I was like, Jessica, I think you need to answer the question as well. And she just kind of gave Stuart a look and was like, I think we're both racers and we would do what we need to do to get where we need to be. You know? <laughs> Translation is, you're going, son. I'm going to win this thing. <laughs> yes, I'll apologize later. <laughs> that's exactly what it said. Stuart could not have said quick enough, oh, I wouldn't do it. And Jessica said, well. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I thought that was just such a neat story. And, you know, we've got all these Cup Series guys running in the Truck Series this weekend. So we're all going to be talking about them. But keep an eye on that 62 truck because that, that is Jessica Friesen. And that's a really awesome yeah, story. That's to follow as what well. a great story, Jesse. What a great story. That, that's that's mm -hmm. uh, I love that story. Husband and wife racing, you know, and, and both getting opportunities that that because of dirt came their way. And just another example of why this 
we, this dirt, this, this idea of doing the dirt, you know, is so special for some, for NASCAR because it, these mm-hmm. guys, they wouldn't, wouldn't be getting these opportunities for the freeze and husbands and wife. That's uh, that's cool. And by the way, right. Brian Newman was, I think the second fastest truck in the practice session. Um, so cup guy, you mentioned all the cup guys going down and running dirt. Uh, how cool would it be for somebody like Ryan Newman, you know, and, and, you know, awesome. and, and, and uh, here again, I know it's old, old news, but a year ago, you look at what Ryan Newman was battling to even try to get back into a, a to a racetrack, much less into a vehicle. And, uh, and then now he, it'd you know, be cool. I mean, he's cool. I mean, they, they, you know, I think the, the uh, Roush racing is Roush Fenway racing is, is making progress on the cup side. Uh, they were way, way, way behind, but they're making progress and they're more and more competitive each and every week. But how cool would it be for Ryan Newman to be able to get back in and get a win what in whatever, but on a truck so somewhere like Bristol? That's sort of going back to his roots in the short tracks in the early years. Yeah, that would yeah, that would be definitely a feel good story. I'm I'm just looking forward to seeing that because I mean it's like you said we're we're seeing a lot of Cup Series drivers come down and drive in the Truck Series, but it is definitely not like Kyle Busch driving in Atlanta where you can just say. I can predict what's going to happen here. I mean, they're, they're, yes, they have more experience, but it, again, it's it, especially going to be anyone's game in that truck series. We don't know how that one's going to come through. You know, you know people say, well, why, why don't you, if you're a cup series owner and you got another car, why don't you go out and just go get a, a legendary dirt track driver and put them in a car and then go out there and just kick everybody's tail. Well, it doesn't work that way for a couple of reasons. Remember when the first time a truck ran in Eldora, uh, they, uh, Scott Bloomquist, who's like the a legend in dirt, you know, one, a multi-time national dirt racing champion, uh, and, and, and almost impossible to beat on dirt. They, Kyle Busch hired him to come in and drive his truck. So you got, you got the, you got the dirt legend driving for Kyle Busch with great equipment and Eldora. And they said, he's going to go out there and just lap the field five times. Well, it didn't happen because not because Scott wasn't a good driver it was because the weight of the truck is a different animal. And so remember these cup cars and the trucks, you're talking about these cars weighing 3,400 pounds in the cup series and, and a super late model weighs 2,800 pounds. That's a 600 pound difference. And some of these modified cars weigh 1,500 pounds. So now you're talking about a cup car that's twice the weight. So it's a different animal. So everything you learn, not, not that you don't learn things on dirt that'll help you, you do obviously, but the throttle response and where you can move and where you can ride the cushion and whatever, and what you can do with these cars, as far as get driving them in a corner is different than something that weighs 1500 pounds. So, you know, just because you have dirt experience doesn't mean, you know, so you're going to go out there and, and have an advantage. And that's why we're seeing so many of these dirt, these, these, these cup regulars who have learned so much and are having a blast. Like Kevin Harvick said, while we're doing it, you know, I hear just, mm-hmm. I mean, just, just loving it, loving what they're doing. Well, and it, you know, I should also add, dirt experience is a very broad term to say I have dirt experience. You know, I was talking to Eric Jones about us. You grew up racing dirt. He said, "Yeah, I did, but I haven't competed in a dirt race in probably six or seven years." So yeah. people are looking at me like, "You got dirt experience? You're confident?" And he's like, "Am I?" I mean, it's been a while. So I don't know. So it's funny when you think about it too, these, these truck guys are, are much younger and any of these guys that have raced on dirt, I've probably done it a little more recently than, than uh, some of these other cup guys that are coming down to run. So it's just quite the mix of competitors and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And, and all, obviously it all starts, um, we saw practice last night and then we're gonna see some heat racing tonight to set the field. Yeah, how about that? Passing points is how you get in the heat racing, you right. get passing points which is what they're doing a lot of dirt track races. You get so many points for passing. If you start 13th and you pass 
six cards, you get six extra passing points on top of the points you get for where you finish. So that's a that that's an incentive to get someone to drive aggressively in the heat race and be able to pass people. Mm -hmm. That means the more points you have, the further up you start, the better starting position you'll have uh, for the feature event. It's gonna be so much fun to watch. Uh, and you know, and and the thing is. You're going to beat and bang. You're going to push. You're going to be knocking each other around, which is what you see at a dirt track every Saturday night. Uh, when I grew up going to tracks when I was little, uh, I used to hear my grandparents say, you know, well, he won the race. Now can he win the fight? Because he, normally there'd be some anger afterwards. Um, <laughs> conversation. After, uh, conversation. Yes. Conversations. Yes. <laughs> um, it, it didn't happen on Twitter. Um, it happened near the concession stand on pit road. So uh, that's how they saw it. It'll be interesting to see if, uh, but I also think, I also think that in spite of the, of, of the challenges of dirt, the banks, the weather conditions, uh, uh, all the newness of this, so many of these drivers are really, really, really are going to get out of those cars with huge smiles on their faces saying, Hey, this was not only did we make NASCAR history tonight, uh, but we, you know, we did something for our sport and for our fans and for us, you know, to, to and get, had a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, I mean to get to get reinvigorated. Not that these guys don't love what they do, but to get reinvigorated, you know. And I hear I keep going back to my buddy Tony Stewart, and I keep thinking about um, how much he loved driving in the Cup Series, how much he loved what he did there and winning races. But he said he said he, he would get out of the car and be smiling at your lane. But 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 his joy that week was going somewhere to run a modified. I mean, run a run a sprint race, going somewhere to run sprint cars because that's what it just lit him up inside. Well, now you're seeing all these guys lit up, you know, about climbing in that cup car on dirt and the and the crew guys. I mean, how these guys look like they're oh yeah they're 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 they're, they're operating in a sandstorm with the goggles and all the masks and stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, I bet everybody's thankful for masks now because you, now you can breathe with the because of the dust and dirt down there. For real. That's what, uh, I think it was Ross Chastain posted a photo yesterday after practice and he was in his fire suit and he was standing on the, the track and he said, I got my, I think he had a hat or, or goggles on or something. He said, I got my hat, my goggles, my boots and a cup with a lid. I'm ready to go dirt racing. I wouldn't have thought about that. Cups need lids at a dirt track or else yeah, you're just exactly. going to be consuming yeah. way more dirt than you already are. Yeah. yeah you want, yeah, you, you want, you want coffee with dust or no dust. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I don't think, but truly though, lid or no lid, I think you're going to have coffee with dust when you're at a dirt yeah. track. You get, you get everything with dust yeah. in that bowl at Bristol. Yeah. Well, Dad, I'm so, so excited for the weekend's events. As I said, right now it's Saturday morning, so a little later on this afternoon at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time is when we're going to see uh, the first qualifying race, the first heat race there for the trucks, and then we're going to see uh, qualifying all the way through about 7 p.m., I believe, 7.30 p.m. tonight, and then the trucks are going to take to the track around 8 p.m., and then yeah. tomorrow morning, uh, tomorrow afternoon, I should say, 3.30 p.m., Food City Dirt Race at Bristol for the Cup Series, so it's going to be an awesome weekend um i mentioned on hot lap this week i don't know if you watched anything from the iRacing, but taylor hamlin denny's denny's daughter yeah a pit report or a, a report i should say uh from from her house and uh, adam alexander said what do you what do you do when you're watching what are you doing how are you watching the race she said um i'm eating lasagna and watching the races and i said <laughs> 
well, that's not a bad idea, Taylor. I think <laughs> I might do the same thing this weekend. So I think my plan is a little lasagna, a little dirt racing. Well, and speaking of eating, if you go to Bristol, one of my all-time favorites, Bridgewood Barbecue is there. And uh, it's about 10 minutes from the racetrack, easy to find. Uh, you know, it's uh, uh, the legendary Mrs. Prophet who passed away years ago. Her sons and family run the place. It is a small inside. They, they caramelize their barbecue sauce and cook barbecue on the grill. They make their homemade, they cut potatoes up and actually fry the big long links of French fries that are, that are to die for. Uh, Partners Barbecue is right on the four lane highway, not far from the track. That was a gentleman who worked for Mrs. Prophet and went out and started his own place. If you can't get in Ridgewood, go by Partners. And, and there's so many good places to eat in Bristol or Johnson City or Kingsport. Uh, you really can't go wrong there. Uh, there's a few others, but I mean, Ridgewood was always a place that Benny Parsons and Bob Jenkins and all of us went, uh, we'd go in and sit down and eat and Mrs. Prophet would come over and sit down with us and, and, uh, never gave us a discount. That's okay. You know, that's <laughs> <laughs> and she knew how to run a business. Are you kidding yeah. me? It's, 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 she it's said, not, you guys are going to be back whether I give you a discount or not. So yeah. I'll see you next not time. That, not that I don't love you, Doc and Benny, but here's your check, you know, kind of deal. Yeah, but that's, exactly. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's, but, uh, that's my kind of lady. Yeah. That, and she, <laughs> she ran it and, uh, and, and she was on the Tonight Show one night with Johnny Carson because her, she's legendary. And Johnny asked her, he said, if I come there to eat, uh, you know, what are you going to give me? She said, give you. She said, well, in other words, <laughs> fine. Johnny Carson could come, but he was getting a check too. So we didn't feel too bad. <laughs> yeah, no. I don't care if it's Jesus. He's going to pay for his barbecue and... Yeah. It's going to yeah. be a good time. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Anyway, <laughs> so Ridgewood, yeah. that's the place to go. Dad, I still want to go with you sometime over to over yeah, Ridgewood. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to go. I work this weekend or else I was trying to figure out a way to maybe, yeah. maybe weasel myself into the last, last great Coliseum there, but I don't think it's going to work out. I think they need me in yeah. the control yeah. room, but. I think I should, for this weekend, I should call it the last great Coliseum. Uh, there you go. I was waiting for a dad joke. We've had a consistent run of dad jokes <laughs> each week. And, you know, I was like, wait, we got through almost a whole episode without a corny dad joke. No, well, there we, it is. It, it is the last <laughs> Coliseum, but I think now with Dirtus weekend, it should be the last great Coliseum. But uh, yeah, I took mom up there, uh, took mom to Ridgewood uh, back in the, over the holidays, took her up for the Christmas lights at Bristol Motor Speedway, which was fabulous. Oh, yeah. We did the Christmas lights, and then we went to Ridgewood and had, had dinner. So we went, what a special date night, huh? Go to the Christmas lights and then go to the Ridgewood. But anyway, yeah. This weekend, that sounds like my kind of date night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, dad, I, I'm, I got to run soon. I got to go to my workout, burn off some of this energy that I'm just like keeping inside of me. And then I've got to go get situated on my sofa. Cause we're going heat racing at about four 30. So this has been so fun. I, as I've said numerous times, I'm thrilled and I'm even more excited to discuss it all with you next week. See what we see on the dirt and then oh, yeah. break it all down as we, as we get to uh, get back together next week. I can't wait either. Jesse going to be going to be a great weekend for dirt, weather or no weather. Uh, but uh, I think it's going to be fun, and 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 we don't air often get a chance to say this, but we are seeing history made in the sport, and we all get to watch it, you know, every lap. And I, I just think we, you know, if you have friends who are NASCAR fans, remind them. If you have friends who are not NASCAR fans, give them a call and say, hey, turn this on because you're going to fall in love with the sport that I love and we've loved, I've loved for all of my life, and that you fortunately have embraced the passion that I have. So. Hopefully, we will not only have something to talk about, but we'll have a lot of new fans talking about it themselves. 
I hope so too. You definitely don't want to miss this. It is a dang good time to be a NASCAR fan. Well, Dad, it's been a good time. I'm looking forward to chatting next week, episode 35 of Rolling with the Punches in the books. I love you so much. I love you too, sweetie, and uh, have a great workout. We'll talk to you in a few days.